Over here. No. Uh, hey. Hey. Now you got it. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Anybody who bets Michigan football in the first week of the season is an idiot. <laughs> Touchdown, J.J. McCarthy. The Wolverines lead it. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Today's guest, 28-time Emmy Award winner Bob Costas. Host of ESPN's First Take, Stephen A. Smith. Bill's linebacker, Vaughn Miller. From Netflix's Cobra Kai. Actor Martin Cove. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show in an NFL week leading to week one of the NFL season that starts just up the road from this Los Angeles television and radio studio when the Bills and the Rams take on one another and Von Miller is on this program to talk about it. We are here for you over the next three hours right here on YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. This month, we will migrate this show to the Roku channel and it will be free and it will be glorious. It's going to be on all Roku devices, select Samsung televisions, Amazon Fire TV, any mobile device can get the Roku app on which the Roku channel can be found and this show can be streamed for free and also on desktop. The RokuChannel.com is the spot for you to go plug into your internet web tubes and watch this show every single day for free. We've got Bob Costas on this show and all 19 million of his Emmys in about 20 minutes time. We also on this program have Stephen a. Smith from the Worldwide Leader in Sports. He will have the first take in hour number two of this program. And because we love doing this show so much, and the reason why we love doing this show so much is because we can have somebody like Bob Costas on this show, somebody like Stephen A. Smith on this show. We can have a Super Bowl MVP returning to the place where he won the Super Bowl just a few months ago in Von Miller on this program. And we can have John Kreese of Cobra Kai, Martin Cove in studio on this program. That's how we roll on the Rich Eisen Show on this program. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman, on this wondrous NFL Week 1 Tuesday. How are you, sir? Let's go, Rich. Mike Del Tufo is back from whatever the hell he was doing. Good to see you over there, Mike. DJ Mikey D. Good to see you, Rich. Thank you, sir. Light the candle, DJ Jefferson. Light the candle on this program. Guys, I just want to let you know, 23 years ago today... I hopped in a minivan and left Mount Washington and Pittsburgh and yes. made my way west, man. And uh, no the kidding. best decision of my entire life. So From I'm happy how? to still be From here, Eastern time zone to the West Coast, <laughs> TJ Jefferson right here. And speaking of Pittsburgh, PA, speaking right now is Mike Tomlin yeah. of the Pittsburgh Steelers um, talking about his quarterback depth chart that over the weekend had Mitchell Trubisky on top, then Mason Rudolph, then Kenny Pickett. And then just early this morning, Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph swapped spots on that depth chart. So Mason Rudolph currently third on the depth chart behind Kenny Pickett, behind Mitchell Trubisky, as we are five days away from the Steelers opening the season in Cincinnati, Ohio. And there's lots of questions about that. I'm sure Mike Tomlin will address them head on, as only he can on this program. Uh, A wild weekend of college football to get to on this show as well. Chris Brockman has his five five new teams with burning questions. They are teams 15 15 through 11. Through 11. As we're heading towards the top 10 of Chris Brockman's 1 through 32 de facto power rankings. Yes, we're entering the realm of playoff teams. Playoffs 
uh, on this program with your burning questions. And then we also have the usual Monday segment of Overreaction. Monday, there's you at 844-204-RICH being the number to dial on this program. Okay, the season begins in two days from today. And uh, on the day of the season beginning, I will have my usual show open in which I've got my burning questions for all 32 teams. That's the way I've started this show in the uh, in, in the uh, eight years of, of me doing the Rich Eisen show during an NFL season. Tonight on NFL Network, I will be hosting the NFL Game Day Morning kickoff show on which I will be part of all the prognosticators giving you my division winners. Well, guess what? Because you take in this show on this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio station or Odyssey or our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. I'm going to give them to you now. I need NFL Films music from you, Mike Del Tufo. Let's go. It is now time for me to reveal who I believe will win every single division in the National Football League. And let's start with the NFC and the NFC East. I've been talking about it. If you've been watching this show over the last several weeks, you know I've been trying to talk myself into this. And then the day that Tyron Smith went down with a leg injury for potentially the entire season, bless Jerry Jones, who we all adore here on this program, him saying that he'll be back for the playoffs. Good to know that the Cowboys have already made the playoffs and we haven't even had a game played in the 2022 season. I say the Philadelphia Eagles win this division. I like everything that they've done in this offseason. I like adding A.J. Brown on draft day. Very aggressive, which is what Harry Roseman has been all the way up until last week when they got uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson into their secondary. That is vastly improved. And the two levels of defense in front of it have two Georgia Bulldogs on it from Jordan Davis and also Nicobe Dean from this year's draft. I like what they did with their run game last year. I like their roster top to bottom. And I like Jalen Hurts to be the guy to get it done this year at quarterback and win the NFC East for the Philadelphia Eagles. Moving on to the NFC North. This has been Green Bay's division for a long time. They own the Chicago Bears, or Aaron Rodgers does, at the top of the masthead there in Chicago, Illinois. And I know that the Lions have improved some. And I like the Vikings a lot this year. And everybody has been talking about how Green Bay is going to be less than because they don't have 17 anymore. Their number one receiver, the best receiver in the game, Devontae Adams, is now wearing silver and black in Las Vegas, Nevada. Put it all together. I think the Vikings unlock Kirk Cousins this year in a way that I have not seen, but it is still Aaron Rodgers' division, the Green Bay Packers take the NFC North once again because 12 is still 12. Their run game is still their run game. This is, by all accounts, going into this season, the best defense the Packers have put on the field in quite some time, and their coach is the king of 13 win seasons. I think Matt LaFleur and this team will still keep on keeping on. They might have less of, if you will, an explosive offense without Devontae Adams, but I still think they win this division, and the NFC South still belongs to Tom Brady. I know that Carolina is feeling good about themselves with Baker Mayfield, and rightfully so. The Saints, I still need to see it before I can believe it. I think the Saints will be a sleeper team this year, but I don't think they're going to beat the Bucs in the long run. They may beat them on the field when they see them in week two, and they may beat them on the field when they see them later in the season, as has been their want in the Tom Brady era. But this is still Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is still 
one of the best offenses in the league. It looks like Chris Godwin will not have a limitation when he goes on the field on Sunday night, as expected. I think the defense will look as good as advertised. I'm concerned about the offensive line in front of Brady up front, but I trust Tom to keep himself healthy and Leonard Fournette to do what needs to be done from the running back position for this team to still be the class of the NFC South. And then in the NFC West, you've got yourself an interesting top of the class with the 49ers almost making the Super Bowl, almost beating the Rams in their house just up the road in the NFC Championship game, and you swap out Jimmy G for Trey Lance. And I am very high on Trey Lance and this defense and that coaching staff, certainly when they go against the Rams six in a row in the regular season, just throw out that one pesky playoff loss, I guess. It's still the Rams' house, and they're better. Whose house? I like Allen Robinson. Man, do I love Bobby Wagner behind Aaron Donald. That's going to be what the kids call sick. <laughs> and Cooper Cup is still Cooper Cup. Cam Akers at the running back position will be a revelation. That's my two cents on that subject matter. And Sean McVay and that team is just as strong as ever. I like the Rams to win the NFC West, and that's my division winners for the NFC. Eagles in the East, Packers in the North, Bucks in the South, Rams in the West. Let's take the music down. Let's take a break here before I get to the AFC. Not on this program. I just want to bounce those off you. I know you don't like my Eastern prediction, TJ Jefferson. What about the rest? Why do you think I don't like your Eastern? Because you're a Cowboy fan. That's why. That's fine. Again, you were on vacation, you know, eating noodles, I think, when I when I said that. It's called pasta. Pasta. Okay. Noodles, yeah. pasta with gravy. But yeah, yeah I picked just a little bit. I, picked, I said the Eagles were in my top 10, which means, but I said without saying that I picked them to win the East. So. They could be in your top 10. The Cowboys were not in your top 10? They were not. Okay. Brockman was shocked. Christopher, what do you think of those four picks? I think, uh, you know, you've been talking yourself into the Eagles and you went for it, but then you played it safe after that. I think if you were going to really be all in on what Kevin O'Connell is going to do for Kirk Cousins, yes. you would have picked the Vikings. I still think he's going to unlock the what, safe. what Colin, the safe way out. I think there. I took the accurate way out. And I still think that Connell, you know, Kevin O'Connell can unlock Cousins but when it comes down to it, I think the Packers are still going to win that division. Like t- 12, 12 still better. Twelve still better than an unlock Kirk Cousins. I, I mean, mean, when you come down to it. And then t- we've been talking nonstop about the 49ers and Trey Lance, and then you took the easy way out and took the. Rams. It's not the easy way out. They're the better team. But all I've been hearing about for months and months and months is that Trey Lance is. Is Joe Montana and Colin Kaepernick all into one? I think that is a mischaracterization. That's what I've been hearing from that chair for no, months. I, you've been hearing from so this what you should have done, Rich. You should have went Eagles, Bucks, obviously Vikings, Forty mm. ers Is that where you would go? Is what you should have done. Okay, thank you very much, for Trey that. Montana. I I don't think Montana. Just so anybody understands, I don't Trey think Montana. Nick. I don't think yeah. Trey Lance Trey is Montana. Montana. I don't think Trey Lance is Montana and um, Kaepernick all rolled into one. I think that Trey Lance is going to be terrific, and I think no, I think he will be terrific, and I think that this is his team. And I've been saying they were going to go to him is for this team, but I don't think that the Rams are going to be beaten in that division in the long run. And there will be ups and downs, and they're going to stick with them. That's what I've been saying. Hit the NFL Films music, Mike. Here we go. Hit the NFL Films music. It is now time for my predictions in the American Football Conference. I just gave you the NFC. If you missed it, go to our YouTube page and see the rest of it. Here are my predictions for the AFC, starting in the East. It's the Bills, man. It's the Bills world. We're just rent payers 
They've got it all. They've got it all from the quarterback to the secondary in every single aspect of this game in between. They should win this division. They should win the conference. That's how good they are. They've got young. They've got veteran. They've got all of it. I love Gabe Davis big time. I love James Cook to be added to that running back room. I love what they did on the offensive line. I love their defense. I like the fact that their coaching staff has stayed pretty much intact with the exception of Dable. I think they will be just fine because Josh Allen is an MVP candidate of the first variety. I like the Buffalo Bills to win this division. Despite the Dolphins having a lot of people on that bandwagon, you never can count out the Patriots. You know, Joe Flacco looks like to be starting for the Jets this week. I'm not taking that okey-doke that Zach Wilson is possible. <laughs> Practice yesterday. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good, <laughs> even if he does play. And uh, I, I'm high on the Jets. As you know, as a sleeper team, this is the Bills division. The AFC North. Man, oh man, oh man. I'm seeing a lot of Ravens picks. And I'm seeing... Um, I'm seeing a lot of Ravens picks. Let's just put it that way. And you know I'm a Harbaugh guy. And I yeah. just... I, I, I still think that everybody looks at the Bengals and thinks they're just the Bengals. Oh, well, you know what? They just caught fire at the end of last year. I was just put them in a put them in a six-week box in which they beat the Chiefs twice and put 500 on those Ravens that everybody's taken to win the division. 500 yards they put a, that Joe Burrow put on them. Joe Burrow is all that and plus, the biscuit. Plus the biscuit. And a biscuit. Plus the biscuit. <laughs> Drink. They've improved the offensive line. They made all the additions they need to make, and they're going to be a year better. I don't know why people aren't. If this was any other team that made the Super Bowl in the AFC, of course you put them at winning their division. The Bengals win the AFC North. And I, I, I think people better get used to this. How does that sound? Get used to it. Get used to seeing number nine a lot win football games big time they stay healthy it's their division it was their conference they're defending conference champs okay let's let's have them finish second or even third in their division not me no in the afc south we all know with the texans and the jaguars still trying to get their footing it's a two-team divisional race and the question is titans or colts i'm going colts I'm going Colts here. They've got their own MVP candidate and a guy who's kind of, you know, won the award. Now at controls of the offense. And the difference between Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan is felt in every corner of that locker room that contains a pretty darn good defense. And this may be the best offensive line Matt Ryan's ever played behind in his career. And uh, I don't know if anybody saw this quote in The Athletic from Michael Pittman, the difference between Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. This was this was a sealer for me saying, quote unquote, last year is their number one wide receiver on offense. Last year, we were out there running the plays, but we were basically just playing football. What does that mean? Well, we would just run around and make plays. This year, we're trying to be organized, be at our spots and at our depths, because that's how Matt likes it and how he commands it. And that's what he expects. So you better be there. Got it. Got it. <laughs> wow, what a quote. Got it. I'm taking the Colts to win the AFC South. And everybody knows where I'm going on the AFC West. Everybody knows where I'm going on the AFC West. And there is everybody high on the Broncos for good reason. Let's ride. 
right? They're That's riding. Right. No, we're riding. You're riding. I'm riding. Let's ride. You went for, it went from I'm not cooking to I'm riding. Let's ride. Right? Russ is there. Russ is there, and he's going to unlock this offense for the new coach, Nathaniel Hackett, and I, I don't doubt it. And Justin Herbert, it's another year for the Chargers, who got better. Khalil Mack up front. He might be you know, longer in the tooth, but he's still Khalil Mack. J.C. Jackson, if healthy in the back, they paid Derwin James. Everyone's healthy and happy, pretty much. And their coach, I love Brandon Staley. And Austin Eckler in that offense behind Justin Herbert. They could they could be really potent. Got it. Believe it. Chiefs. I've said here, everyone's sleeping on the Chiefs offense just because Tyreek Hill's gone. It might be more diversified. It might be duff, tougher for you to defend with all their weapons on offense now. And George Karloftis has been added to a defense. This kid could be defensive rookie of the year. And that's possible. You know, laugh all you want. I'm taking the Raiders. Raiders are going to win this division. I'm taking the Raiders in this division because I believe for sure Devontae Adams and Derek Carr are at the top five of the quarterback-wide receiver combinations in this league. And I'm concerned about the offensive line up front, but man, do I love Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the same defense. I love Hunter Renfro along with Darren Waller. And this team had all that moxie last year with their coach bounced due to all the awfulness in his emails. They lost a teammate because he wiped somebody off the planet, stupidly driving drunk. And they still made the playoffs. And they still made the playoffs the way that they made it in game 260. What is it? Uh, 262? 272? I'm terrible at math off the top of my head. 272. And then they almost beat the Bengals in Cincinnati. And they got a coach who can now put it all together, who will be better the second time around, just like Belichick was. Taking the Raiders to win the AFC West. So, my AFC division winners are the Bills, Bengals, Colts, and Raiders. What say you? What say you? You can give us a comment. If you're watching it on social media later or call us right now, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Let's take a break. Bob Costas will be, when we return, he will be here. The great Bob Costas, who's back on the record with Bob Costas, is back with its the continuation of its second season, all-new episode Friday. Nick Saban. He chatted with Nick Saban and Justin Verlander. Nice. I can't wait to ask Bob if... Aaron Judge is going to be the real home run single season king. That's coming up next. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least... 
The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network, along with our friends on YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Once again, we're moving to the Roku channel um, once, um, once September gets a little bit deeper. We're working on it. We're going to give you a date in very short order. But this month, the show migrates to the Roku channel after uh, uh, what we really enjoyed two years uh, on Peacock. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial on the show. You know how very uh, successful television shows have two different parts of the same season, right? Better Call Saul did that, right, Chris? Right, split it Breaking up. Breaking Bad's done that. Mm-hmm. Well, the rec- Back on the Record with Bob Costas continues its second season with an all-new episode this Friday at 11 Eastern on HBO, available to stream also on HBO Max, the great Bob Costas, back here on the Rich Eisen Show on the Mercedes-Benz Vanceville 9. How you doing, Bob? I'm good, Rich, and I know I'm on the Rich Eisen Show. Yes, sir. But you are on so many ever-shifting platforms. Yes, sir. It's dizzying. Me. At least your cell phone remains the same. Yes, it does. So if I need to contact you or get a message to Susie, I'm still good. But apart from that, I have no idea where out in the ether I can locate you. I will uh, I will text you, since I know that you're in the world of smartphones now for a few yes. years, Bob. Uh, yes. You've been off that flip phone for a while. Mm. Um, I will text you the press release once it's out. And so you can make notes, as I'm sure you do. Yeah, I will cut and paste it, as I'm capable of doing, and send it to all relevant parties. Well, it's interesting. I could see that uh, on uh, on the first episode of the second season of Back on the Record with Bob Costas, inside the NFL Scouting Combine, and that's unbelievable, Bob. You did that. I didn't see you there at the NFL Scouting Combine. Did I get the wrong... Did they get the wrong uh, yeah, press yeah, release? There, there was some sort of mix-up in the HBO <laughs> press office. Uh, what I did do, though, however, alluding yes. to your earlier point, yes. was at my behest, basically, I they took the whole summer off so I could concentrate on baseball. Excellent. You know, I kind of make my own schedule these days, Rich. I, I don't want to. I, I want to <laughs> watch my pitch count as much as I possibly can. And I'm kind of in a Toby Keith mode. I'm I, not as good as I once was. But I'm as good once as I ever was. Bob Costas, everybody. Uh, Different sort of activity, uh, so perhaps it doesn't apply. But nonetheless, I'm I'm a show pony, not a plow horse at this point, Rich. So we're back for the second half of the second season. You're correct. On Friday night. Fantastic. Well, I think I got the proper information now. Nick Saban and Justin Verlander. So Mm -hmm. potentially the future national champion head coach and American League Cy Young Award winner. Those are the two guys. He was on a Cy Young uh, track until. What we think is a minor calf injury might cost them a couple of starts, and they can be careful, of course, because they've all but clinched the number one seed, so they'll have home field throughout uh, the American League playoffs. And it's an amazing story. He's 39 years old, two Tommy John surgeries, 
In 2019, he wins the Cy Young Award. He leads the league in innings pitched. He throws his third no-hitter. And then between 2020 and 2021, he pitches exactly six innings. And now he's back as good as ever after all that at age 39, and he should be okay uh, when it really counts in October. So um, let me just jump in with a, a baseball question for you, yeah. Bob Costas, as Aaron Judge. Uh, it's, it, it, you remember that old Bugs Bunny cartoon where uh, Bugs Bunny was at first base, second base, third base, and scored every run and made every hit for right. his team? That's what it looks like Aaron Judge currently is for the New York Yankees. Um, and he's now one ahead, if you will, of the pace of Roger Maris through the number of games that the Yankees have car- currently played, 54 home runs. So I ask you, Bob, the question that is burning um, amongst all baseball fans, certainly in New York, based on the fact that there is Bonds in front of him, clearly, and others, McGuire and Sosa, would you consider Aaron Judge, if he breaks Maris's record, the single-season home run king in the history of baseball, Bob The Costas. authentic single-season home run yes, sir. king. Yes, Yes, just and for now, Roger Maris is the authentic single-season home run king, just as Henry Aaron is the authentic career home run king. Now, both of those records are held by Barry Bonds, and you have to stipulate this. Barry Bonds, on his natural merits, was one of the greatest all-round players of any era, mm-hmm. an elite inner circle Hall of Famer. But anyone with half a brain can look at the change, not just the obvious change in his body, but the change, the quantum change in his statistics, Hall of Fame statistics as they were, between the beginning of his career, which was, you know, enough to have a good idea, 13, 14 seasons, and then the late 90s through the first several years of the 2000s. That was more of a cartoon than Bugs Bunny, which you referred to earlier. And the same was true of Sosa and McGuire and others, but Bonds was the best of all of them to begin with, with the possible exception of a healthy Ken Griffey Jr. as a contemporary. He was the best of all of them and then took it to the highest possible level, and he's the one who holds the record. So we're not singling him out because we don't like Barry Bonds. In fact, even though some members of the media didn't get along with him, I always got along with him Mm -hmm. until I pointed these things out, and then he felt less kindly toward me, but I think we've, we've patched it up since. So it has nothing to do with that. Uh, it's just obviously true. So statistically and officially, Barry Bonds holds both those records, and 73 is unreachable. But in the minds of many reasonable people, if Aaron Judge hits 62 or more, he will be the authentic single-season record holder. And what he's doing right now, again, is a reminder of what the V in MVP stands for. Most valuable player, because the Yankees have just totally fallen apart offensively uh, over the last several weeks, and Judge just keeps on keeping on. And he is now homered in three straight games. He scored uh, every run for the Yankees in their weekend series against the Rays and, and pulled one out against Tampa to try and hold on to a once-upon-a-time 15-and-a-half game lead that's now down to five games. I mean, he has been valuable, but Otani hit two more home runs, and we know he's that unicorn. Where do you stand on that MVP conversation, Bob? I think it's clear that Aaron Judge is this year's MVP. Otani is an historic player, and he was the MVP last year. And if he keeps doing this, he'll be in contention for the MVP almost every year. Uh, If... Judge were having merely what would be considered your average, if there is such a thing, MVP season on a contending team, then you could make a case for Otani, even though the trap door opened on the Angels sometime in May and they haven't been in contention 
ever since. But given that stark difference, and given the fact that Judge is having an historic season of his own, if the term MVP is going to mean anything at all, then Judge is this year's MVP. But unless he gets hurt, Otani will probably add additional MVPs to the one uh, he won last year. Bob Costas here on the Rich Eisen Show. You got a good pool hole story? As it appears, he, he might hit 700 before he rides off in the sunset, which everyone's wondering why he's still doing because of what he's currently doing, Bob? Well, I think he's pr- it's pretty certain. I haven't spoken with him this year. He was always very open and very gracious with me and other members of the media. As you know, I was connected to St. Louis for mm-hmm. a very long time. Uh, and when he did most of his had most of his great seasons wearing a cardinal uniform i don't know that i have any specific story other than the fact that you know he he wasn't called the machine for nothing he's one of he's one of the great right-handed hitters i don't care as difficult it is to compare across eras you want to compare him to rogers hornsby or to some contemporary to miguel cabrera whoever you want to compare him to i don't know who you could possibly put ahead of him because he stuck around for a while and all the at-bats with the Angels, his lifetime batting average has fallen beneath 300, uh, unless this recent rampage has nudged him just above it. I haven't checked. But there was a time when he was hitting 40 home runs a year and batting 330, you know, and driving in 100-plus runs. Uh, and what he's done now, you get him up there against left-handed pitching, it isn't just like a nostalgia tour, and here he is, 42 years old, and maybe you'll touch one off. He's one of the most dangerous hitters in baseball right now against left-handed pitching. And with a universal DH, the Cardinals have been able to make good use of him. Without the universal DH, he never could have returned to St. Louis and had all the glorious circumstances surrounding this last hurrah. And they're, they're a very good team right now. They're going to have to go into the wild card round because the buys are going to belong, obviously, to the Dodgers and either the Braves or the Mets, whichever one wins the National League East. But they've got a chance to have a pretty deep October run, and he could be a big factor. I mean, how about him in his final at-bat against the Cubs in the vaunted Cubs-Cardinals rivalry, hitting a pinch-hit home run oh, to I win know. the game? I mean, it's, it, it really is. that Those are the best moments in any sport. But baseball in particular, because of the, you know, the individuality of standing uh, alone at the plate, not to go all untouchables uh, soliloquy on you, but, you know, for, 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 for the level of expectation and hope by anybody watching to be met in the moment, sort of like what Gibson did against Eckersley, and I know that's the, the ultimate, but for, for Pujols to step to the plate in a pinch hit role and what will be, unless he does acquiesce and come back, his final at-bat against the Cubs, uh, you can't script it, what he's doing right now. Well, it's unreal. A, it's a great. A pitch hit home run in a scoreless game right. in the eighth inning. Right. That made it two to nothing. It's a consequential hit. Right. And most of these home runs during this hot streak, they're not pop flies that dunk over the barrier. <laughs> they're tape measure shots. I mean, this one was a 430-foot yeah. blast over the bullpen and into the bleachers. Unbelievable. It's just so great. Bob Costas here on the Rich Eisen Show. Back on the record with Bob Costas. Rolls on into its second season, all-new episode this Friday, 11 Eastern, on HBO. Uh, We just talked about some baseball because you spoke to Justin Verlander. What does one glean, Bob, from Nick Saban at this point in his career, sitting down with him, Bob? Well, we talked a little bit about his background. I'd read a couple of his books, and he has an interesting and somewhat poignant backstory, his childhood and his early coaching career. Talked a little bit about his relationship with Bill Belichick, and I asked him an obvious question. What happens if you give Belichick all of your recruits and personnel for this run of years, and you take all of the same Patriots personnel? Ah. And so he answered 
that question. It's kind of interesting. But most of the focus, and it's a lengthy interview, and that's one of the uh, things that brings me back to HBO, the chance to do commentaries and a little bit of journalism and long-form interviews. I like that. So it's, it's probably 17, 18 minutes long once we edited it down. Um, and most of it concentrates on the seismic changes taking place in college sports in general and college football in particular, and who better to address that than Nick Saban, and he was pretty good on all those subjects. Well, I mean, what he said about Texas A&M caught, oh, yeah. you know, was quite something. Did you bring that one up with him? Ab- absolutely. Brought up Jimbo Fisher, and he very straightforwardly said, I shouldn't have said what I did. Uh, I called to apologize. At first he didn't take that call, but then we saw each other uh, at the SEC meetings sometime after that. Uh, and we're good going forward. And I reminded him, I think they play on October 8th yes, they do. Uh, in Tuscaloosa, and I reminded him uh, that even if you two say you're good or want to put it behind you and it's all about the players, that's not the way this thing is going to be covered. Uh, and he, he recognized that. And he said that his point was about name, image, and likeness. He's all in favor of name, image, and likeness, but the players should not, in his view, be able to capitalize on that until they arrive on campus it shouldn't be used as a recruiting tool. And even if it's technically allowed in some cases, he believes that that will create additional chaos if it's specifically being used as a recruiting tool. You say to a kid and his parents, look, we guarantee you there's a car dealership here in small town, whatever this university is in, guarantee you a hundred grand right off the bat before he goes to a class. Uh, that that was his concern, and he said he should have couched it that way and in a more general way and not mentioned Fisher or Texas A&M. Now, but we all know where this is going. I mean, this is professional sports, Bob. It really is. I mean, the, sure big, the big Ten just signed a, a contract with not one, not two, but three different television networks for over a billion dollars a year that's right on par with Major League Baseball's contract with mm-hmm. ESPN and Fox, you know, and and – uh, Jim Harbaugh, my coach at Michigan, says he thinks that players should get a piece of the television revenue. And when, once that happens, you know unionization is right behind, it's right around the corner. I mean, Correct if these on things all those counts, And maybe, maybe the Pac-12 uh, merging with the Big Ten, mm. uh, the numbers 12 and 10 being irrelevant at this point, right. and creating uh, two separate divisions, um, an Eastern and Midwest division and a Rocky Mountain, and I don't know, whatever the hell it is, creating two separate divisions, but they're, they're merged. Either way, the public demands the traditional encounter between USC and Rutgers, so they'll get that. <laughs> I haven't been around the East Coast too often. Bob, are you hearing that? You're hearing that walking around New York oh, City, the, that, the, that, the, that the drum excitement, beat? The excitement is palpable. Nothing, nothing gets the juices flowing quite like New Brunswick versus Beverly Hills. You know what I'm saying? That's those are the recruiting wars right there. There are cultural resentments there that just bubble to the surface. Oh my goodness gracious! Who else you have coming up in uh, the second part of season two for you? You want to lay down some names that are coming well, up as well. Well, the next show is in November. We okay. skip October because I'm involved in the baseball postseason. Yes. But if the World Series goes seven, it goes all the way till Saturday, November 5th. Because okay. Because they had to push it back because of the lockout and the extra layer of playoffs with the wild card round being two out of three. So, fortuitously, the next show is just a few days after what would be Game 7, and Rob Manfred will be one of our guests to talk about all the issues uh, that are swirling around baseball. And we haven't booked the rest of the show, but we know we'll have Manfred in November. And for this show on Friday, in addition to Verlander 
and Nick Saban. It turns out that mm-hmm. September 9th, this mm-hmm. Friday, yes. is 50 years to the day that the controversial game in the Munich Olympics happened between the U.S. basketball team oh. and the Soviet Union. And we have kind of a first-person recollection from Doug Collins, Doug Collins. who made arguably <laughs> the two most pressure-packed free throws in the history of basketball. The U.S. had never lost a game, won every gold medal dating back to 1936. They're down by a point. He steals the ball, drives to the basket, is undercut, knocked into the basket stanchion, momentarily knocked woozy, gets to his feet. They're down by one point with three seconds to go, and he swishes both free throws. And then the Soviet Union gets, as some people may recall or have heard about, three separate chances in some sort of travesty and havoc, three separate chances to eventually score what turns out to be the winning basket. And to this day, hmm. none of the American players have accepted the silver medal. The, um, the medal stand was, was empty. The second stand uh, in Munich at the medal ceremony reserved for the silver medalist was empty. The medals are still in a vault at IOC headquarters in Lausanne. And some of the players on that team have gone so far as to put it in their will that none of their heirs can ever <laughs> accept the silver medal. So, uh, so Doug talks about that, wow. and I, you know, I know him so well from our days together broadcasting the NBA on NBC. Right. So I brought this up to him, and I don't want to let too much of the cat out of the bag. Mm. But the last song he listened to on his headset, some sort of primitive headset, yeah. a Walkman or something, he must have had sure. in in 1972, before taking the court, trying to get himself psyched up, was Jimmy Ruffin's "What Becomes of the Broken Hearted." And every time he hears that song, he's transported back to that game and those moments. Wow. That'll be a great episode, as always, Bob. Thanks for the time. Um, uh, best to uh, everyone in your whole family. Best to Jill. Best to everybody. And let's, uh, let's chat again soon. Thank you, Rich. Hope to see you soon. Right back Bye. at you. That's the great Bob Costas, everybody. Check out Back on the Record with Bob Costas coming up this Friday on HBO. Walkman. That didn't exist. It's Probably like a crawl man. <laughs> yeah, what were they what listening to? And can you hook like a headset up to a, a record player? Reel to reel, Rich. Back then, it back would have been. Or eight track. Okay. Early eight track. Eight track. How about that? In the will, do not accept what those. There, there is somewhere in Switzerland, the silver medals. That'd be like a. a I love it. Like, love that. don't you think that would be like some sort of national treasure type sports <laughs> caper to go get those right? Who is our sports Nick Cage that's going to go out there? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's still got the hair. <laughs> Pour him some of that tea and go get and go sick him in uh, Switzerland. He'll do it. <laughs> Pour him some of that tea. Uh, let's take a break right here on the wow. Rich Eisen Show. Burning questions from Chris Brockman. And while we're on the subject of college football, as soon as we got off the air, a 12-team college football playoff idea got voted on and approved. That's coming up playoffs. next. That was from Friday. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. 
O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, and that is true when your business is growing fast, but even more true when there's a lot of uncertainty, uncertainty like there are in these uncertain times. But not every business is in the dark, folks, because over 31,000 businesses know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, planning, budgeting, and of course, inventory, so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. Know your numbers, know your business, and get to know how NetSuite can be the source of truth for your entire company. Identify rising costs, automate your manual business processes, see where to save your money. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash rich radio right now. netsuite.com slash rich radio. Don't forget that last part. It's important for everybody. NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. Jacob in Indiana, let's take your phone call right here on the show. What's up, Jacob? Hey, Rich, how's it going? What's going on, sir? Uh, not much. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you, sir. Um, I just have a couple of things to say about the Eagles winning in the East. I mean, I completely agree with you. I'm an Eagles fan that lives in Indiana, and... I'm still not the biggest believer in Jalen Hurts, but with the roster that Howie has set up, he doesn't have to do a whole lot. And with how easy the schedule is this year, there's a very good chance for them to become the number one seed in this and the conference, what do you think about that? Rich? Thank you very much. And let me just spend a couple minutes here before I send things over to Chris for his burning questions. I, I've done a lot of thinking about why Jalen Hurts doesn't have the full confidence of everybody in the NFL community, despite his clear, significant amount of talent that he has and his leadership skills. I think it's because Tua leapfrogged him. And I think it's because when he went to Oklahoma, after, by the way, staying in Alabama, after so many kids just say, I'm out of here. And that's the rumor about why... Saban turned to Tua at that moment is because Tua was going to transfer out. That's never really been confirmed. 
But that's been the, the rumor since the minute it happened. And Jalen Hurts stuck around. He stuck around, and then he went to Oklahoma, and everyone figures, well, Kyler won a, uh, a Heisman Trophy, and Baker won a Heisman Trophy there. So it was a Heisman Trophy machine. All you had to do was just plug and play him. And he didn't win a Heisman there. And then he gets drafted in the second round, which was a surprise because everybody didn't have that grade on him. And then he gets to Philadelphia and he starts balling out. And by the way, he can really play football. If he could just put together what he does for your fantasy team in like the late third, fourth quarter last year, over four quarters, they're going to win the division and he will be their guy. I think that's why people kind of overlook him. Yeah, I don't think that gets talked about enough. I don't think so. And because I'm wondering, he's clearly insanely talented. Why, why, why don't you give him the benefit of the doubt? I think that may be why. Do we need Hertzanon? Yeah, what's the? What's a good, uh, there's two anon, uh, yeah, and I, mean. I don't know. Something going there for Jalen? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, I've been thinking a lot about that, and I think that's where I've landed on on the the Hertz hate, if you will. I don't think you're the right. shade. All right, Chris Brockman, you've got teams 15 through 11. Burning questions for Chris Brockman, teams 15 through 11. Brockman's burning questions. That's a fly. All right, the NFL season right around the corner, Chris. Who's 15 through 11 on your All right, top guys, rankings? Hey, uh, you're going to see a lot of familiar teams in this five, teams that we've been talking about a lot in the last few months. Number 15, TJ, Dallas Cowboys. My burning question for them is pretty simple. If the losses rack up this year, how large – Will Sean Payton shadow loom ah. on that entire franchise? Wow, you worked it all together. How did you get? How did you get all of the issues of the Cowboys in one single question? There it is. If losses rack up, how large will Sean Payton shadow loom? That's all right there, right? That's pretty much it. I mean, I think we, a lot of people, uh, me including, expect Sean Payton to be the head coach of this team next year because. Dallas, even if they do make the playoffs, if they're one and done, McCarthy's out. So anything less than a Super Bowl or a Super Bowl appearance, I think, is the only way he saves his job. How will they score enough points if necessary? That's the question. But their defense is really freaking good, man. Really good. So do you agree with that question for your team? Is that your most burning question for your team, TJ Jefferson? I mean, I've got five things, which I'll get to probably later this week. Okay. But, you know, what? what if we rack up the wins, though? It's always like we got to look at it negatively. What if we okay. do what we're supposed to do? Chris, but we, you want to talk in, about See how quickly he dismissed that, America? <laughs> who's 14 in Didn't your even list? Give That's the most burning question for I the Cowboys. Over, well, to give a look how the sausage was made, I was off camera doing some producing work, which like made me TG. come back to my spot just to sit here to dismiss what I said. That's I'm like, going back over here to do some producing work, America. Okay, very Continue, good. Continue, Chris. Go Welcome to the party, Great. pal. Uh, number 14, a team we've been talking about a ton, the San Francisco 49ers. And it's obvious, it's is Trey Lance the guy, or will Jimmy G have to save the season no, at some point? that is the burning question, isn't That's it? it. That's they it. don't have any other questions. What other, what other question could you possibly find? Is Trey Lance the guy, or will Jimmy G have to save the season? Is he the guy right now? I think he's the guy long term. Is yeah. he? Can he be the guy, the guy right, right now? now. For this Will year. Jimmy G have to save the season? For 2022. Okay. What else, Chris? All right. A bunch of uh, AFC West teams coming up, guys. I think I, I have them slated, I think, appropriately. We'll see. I got 13. I got the Denver Broncos. Does Russell Wilson have the type of late career dominance in him like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? Russ is 34. He plans on finishing his career in Denver, he said, with this long-term extension. Now seven years under contract. 
And can he do it late in his career as some of these older quarterbacks have well, done? We've seen Tom Brady win championships, yeah. Aaron Rodgers MVP. Can Russ do it? I think that's the long-term, full season-long or career-long storyline arc for the burning question there. But for the 2022 season is, can Russ come in year one and do what Tom Brady did year one in Tampa? which is take a a bunch of talented players with a a hungry defense and turn them into champions on the spot. Uh, That's it. Can you take over a team and lead them to a title this year as so many people think they're ready to do? I don't know. That's the burning question for me for this this season. Yeah, I don't know. Number 12, I'm looking at the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Look, we know the AFC West is going to be stacked. The offenses are going to be awesome. So in this high-octane division, can they get the stops on defense they need to win tough games? Okay. That's for me. I'm looking at the defense. I got it. I've got a burning question right there uh, just to add to it, but get to number 11 in the meantime. Number 11. Because everyone knows how I feel about the Raiders. Absolutely. And number 11, the Los Angeles Chargers. We know they have... One of the best rosters. They got a quarterback prime to to maybe contend for MVP. But can this team just stop doing Chargers-like things and live (laughs) up to their potential? That's it. Just stop going Chargers on games and and, and live up to this potential because the potential is through the roof. That's true, man. Can they stop? (laughs) You nailed that one. That's it right there. Can they? Because if any other team without that lightning bolt and the powder blue, that team can win the Super Bowl. But... You know, can they stop doing charges like things? And then the burning question, the Raiders, you missed it, Chris. I'm sorry to say. Is Rich Eisen correct? That's it. That's the burning question. <laughs> Are you going to jinx this team? Is Am I right is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's it. Nice. So based on the process of elimination, you have the Chiefs winning the division. I do, actually. Okay. I've, I've, uh, I've come around. Okay. I've come around. Well, we'll get to that for your next two days of burning questions. Indeed. We'll see if the Chiefs are in the 10. the 10 through 6 or the 1 through 5. That's your way of looking at the, the AFC West, huh? So you, you've got the Raiders finishing third to the Chargers. I've got them winning it. And that's the beautiful thing about this division. You see so many predictions. It's all over the map. I've yet to see. I saw a bunch on Good Morning Football today. I, uh, has anyone chosen the Broncos to win it all? Not that I've seen. No, because the burning question, that I've I think people are answering the burning question that we came up with for the for the Broncos, or at least I did. Yours is the, can he have the late season or late career magic like Brady and Rodgers? But he's not in the Brady or Rodgers uh, age group yet. Not yet. That's for the longer term. This not year, yet. I don't know if anybody thinks that Russ can just come in and take a team that hasn't been above 500 in a while and just say, boom, we're now winning. We're not only just winning, we're winning it all. And try and stop us. We're winning the division, and then we're going to win playoff games like he always did in Seattle. Win the division, win multiple playoff games, play in multiple playoff games at the very least, and win it all. I don't know about that. Yeah, I think it's going to be Broncos, Chargers. You know, one of them go 10 and 7 and they miss the spot. I think it's going to be tough. You know what's great about this? All these answers will soon. All these questions will soon be answered. That's correct, sir. It's coming. Von Miller next hour, along with Stephen A. Smith. Don't you dare move.